one woman, one horse, one goal, 48 states for domestic violence awareness. Hello and welcome to Have Horse Will Travel, the official podcast for the Centaur Ride. I'm Meredith Cherry and this is my co-host Apollo. In this episode, I'll be talking about where we stay each night. Finding a safe place to stop each night is the biggest challenge and probably the most important part of all of my planning. Since I started three years ago, it's definitely gotten a lot easier to find places to stop, but it still takes up a lot of my time and emotional energy. A lot of my thought process each day is involved with just making sure that we have somewhere to stop that is safe for both myself and Apollo and ideally also comfortable. We both work hard all day, so ideally each night we can stop somewhere where we can both rest well. I've stayed at a lot of different kinds of places along the road. They all have certain features in common. What I look for each night is a place where I can keep Apollo inside of some sort of fenced enclosure. I do not carry any sort of high line or hobbles to keep him in place all night. It's not worth the space and weight to carry in my packs. So I do look for somewhere that is fenced or that has somewhere that there's a stall for him or even a fenced yard. It also has to have something for him to eat, either grass for him to graze on or hay. And it needs to have water that I can access. I need to be able to also sleep either in my tent or in whatever accommodations I'm offered at that place. On a rare occasion, Apollo and I will stay in different places for the night, but only if I'm able to arrange, obviously, for me to get from one place to the other, you know, so I can leave Apollo somewhere safe where he has food and water for the night and then go to wherever I'm staying and then come back in the morning. So here's a quick list of all the kinds of places that Apollo and I have stayed. Boarding stables, private horse property, farms and ranches with and without horses. Of those kind of properties, Apollo has stayed with llamas, alpacas, pigs, sheep, goats, donkeys, mules, and other horses, and also with various poultry and waterfowl. In one place, he even had a duck with a nest right in the middle of his pen, and he very kindly avoided her nest. Also stayed at fairgrounds and rodeo grounds, saddle clubs and other horse club grounds, stockyards, residential neighborhood backyards, and churches, including one church where Apollo stayed on the basketball court. Neither Apollo nor I are very picky. We can stay anywhere that has those qualities that I listed off. And some places we've stayed have definitely been fancier than others. Some places we've stayed have been friendlier than others, but overall, pretty much everywhere that we've stopped for the night has been very warm and welcoming and hospitable and very helpful in making sure that Apollo and I both get the food and rest that we need for the night. On my website, I have a very extensive list 
of what we look for in a place to stay and what to expect when we stop for the night. I send a link to this page to every hosting helper, as I call them, on the website before we get there so they know what to expect when we arrive. And there's some pretty funny stuff on there that are actually based on real things that have happened. For example, it does mention that I will need access to a toilet. I like to take a bath in the evening, but I don't have to. So that's not really a requirement, but I do need to use a toilet at least twice wherever I've stopped for the night. I have a bladder of steel, but that doesn't mean that I won't ever need to relieve myself. So there have been a few places that the thought of making sure I had access to a toilet did not occur to them. And so there was a little bit of awkward changing of plans once I got there. For example, one of them in the morning before I got saddled, I had to have them pick me up in their farm truck, take me up to their house to use a toilet and then drive me back down to the barn where I'd been staying because there was no toilet in the barn area and the house was, oh, almost a mile away. So it was definitely necessary to get a ride to use the toilet. So I had to actually schedule when I was going to relieve myself in the morning. A little awkward, but it worked out. Luckily, most of the places I stay are a little nicer than that, but it happens and I make do. That's not to say that I'm too prim and proper to pee behind a bush. That has certainly happened quite a lot, but not everything can be done behind a bush, especially when you are a guest on someone's property. And so that would not be appropriate. So that's one thing that's on the helpful list of things to expect whenever Apollo and I arrive that actually is based in something that has actually happened several times before. So the reason that I always stay on private property is because I am not riding in the wilderness. There have been very few days that I've been riding through the wilderness, and that's always just for a very short day ride. Most of the time where I'm riding is only private property, and so it's not like I could just set up a tent or my sleeping bag even, and hitch Apollo to a tree or something on the side of the road when night falls. That's just not really an option where I ride, or at least not an option that I'm comfortable with. I do know that there are some horse travelers who just sleep in the ditch on the side of the road, and they'll secure their horse somewhere nearby and sleep like that for the night, but that is not something that I'm comfortable doing. I don't think it is particularly safe, and I don't think I would sleep very well because I'd be worried about Apollo wandering off, even if I tied him well, or something else bad happening. And so I try not to ever have that situation occur. And so far, three years of riding, I've done very well at that, if I do say so myself. So how do I find these places to stay? Well, mostly Facebook and other ways of networking. So if you're listening to this podcast and you live somewhere where I haven't yet ridden, which as of the time of this recording would be the entire East Coast and Southeast, 
you're welcome to contact me and we can talk about perhaps whether you're in a good place that I could stop there for the night. Or if you don't live somewhere that would be able to have a horse overnight, then maybe you know someone nearby. Or even if you live on the West Coast and you know someone on the East Coast, tell them about it. So that's mostly how I find places to stay is just with networking like this. I would say 75% at this point, it wasn't that way in the beginning, but at this point, about 75% of my stops are arranged through networking, either with Facebook or other internet stuff like that, or by the people that I stay with, then telling all their friends and family down the road about me and my ride and asking them if I can stay there for a night so that it's arranged down the road that way. So there's definitely a huge amount of networking that I do to get this arranged. And most of the time, I'm able to do this at least the night before, if not days or weeks or sometimes even months ahead of time which is really a big peace of mind for me to be able to arrange it in advance. I love doing that, that I don't have to stress about these sorts of things. But sometimes I don't know until the morning when I start riding. I might not yet know where I'm going that night, but I'll figure it out by the time I get there. Now, a lot of horse travelers will figure out where they're going for the night by simply knocking on doors at the end of the day. They'll ride however far they want to ride for the day, and then they will start just going up people's driveways and asking for hospitality. I have done this on occasion, but I try not to do it very often because it's awkward for whoever has this person with a horse on their front step that is just weird. And I appreciate that it's weird, and it's weird for me too, and I just really don't like doing that. On the occasion that I do have to do that sort of thing, I start asking much earlier in the day anyone that stops to ask me what I'm doing, which is generally a fair number of people, because it's pretty weird seeing a person ride a horse down a major road. So I'll just start asking people if they know anyone around whatever area it is that I'm aiming to go to. And typically by the time I get to that point, I have found someone who has contacted me and offered a place to stay. Because once you start asking people, word tends to spread pretty quickly. Overall, I've found all over America people to be very nice and willing to help. And so it's not too hard to find somewhere to stop for a night most of the time. Every once in a while, I start to wonder if this will be the night that I get stuck out in the dark. But hasn't happened yet, knock on wood. In situations where I have been almost stuck out with nowhere to go for the night, then I start calling around just doing Google searches for the area for local businesses. I'll start off by searching for boarding stables and other horse-related businesses, and I'll call them and ask if they would allow an overnight boarder or if they have any clients in the area or friends in the area that might be able to help me. And if that doesn't work, then I'll do some other Google searches and look for just anybody, really, who might be willing to let me stop for the night. And as I said, my strategy has worked, so I think it's a pretty good one. It does require a lot of talking to people, a lot of patience, and really the 
key, for me at least, is a lot of trust. Sometimes once I know that a lot of people are calling around for me and looking for somewhere for me to stay and I haven't found it yet and I'm headed in the direction I need to go and I don't actually know where I'm stopping, it's always worked out so far and I can trust that by the time I need to stop for the day, it will have been figured out. If I stress out and just make calls and make calls and make calls and make calls, in the meantime, these other people that I've already talked to are also making calls, but these things aren't actually instantaneous. And so I do have to allow time for my initial networking to produce results. And so sometimes I'll talk to someone in the morning and they won't hear back until early afternoon and then they'll call me right away, but then... You know, if I'd been stressing out and wasting a lot of my morning making phone calls that were unnecessary, then that's a much less pleasant day than just trusting doing what I can to help myself, but also trusting that my work in finding somewhere to stay has always paid off and it will continue to do so. And that can be scary at times, but it's a good exercise in stress relief and (laughs) You know, if you believe in God, then that's basically, I'm just putting my trust in God or the universe or whatever you want to call the great spirit in the sky. And it's so far been a good strategy. It probably also helps that I am very flexible and very open to basically any suggestion of where to stop. As I said, Apollo has stayed in all sorts of weird places that aren't actually horse places. He has stayed in a pig pen, and it was a large enough pig pen, he wasn't cramped. But, you know, he's stayed in with the pigs, and he's stayed in with the goats, and he's stayed in with the cows, and he's stayed in a basketball court, and he's stayed in backyards. And so it really doesn't take much And he is so easygoing. That's also very helpful. He just settles right in wherever he is as long as it is not too far away from other horses. If he can see other horses nearby, but they're far away, he'll get stressed out. But if there are other horses nearby and they are sharing a fence or maybe 10 feet apart, on the fence line or something and he can see the other horses, then he's completely fine. If there's no other horses, doesn't bother him at all. He is completely happy to just settle in and eat and sleep and rest and get ready to do it again the next day. And for myself, I'm very easygoing as well. So I don't need anything fancy except access to a toilet, really. I've stayed in my tent lots of times. I've stayed in people's RVs or living quarters horse trailers. I've stayed in, of course, I don't have my own trailer following along, but sometimes people have one on the property that they'll let me stay in instead of my tent or on couches or in barns, in riding indoor arenas. I'll set up my tent in the arena or lay out my sleeping bag in a tack room, or feed room, or something like that. I've stayed in lots of guest rooms as well, in people's homes, and that's always very pleasant. But I don't require anything fancy like that. It's nice when it happens, but it's not necessary. 
So I stay wherever I can lay my head. So really that's about it for where we stay for the night. It's not complicated, but it does require a lot of creativity and flexibility and trust. With those three key elements, then I am able to just keep going. I go 10 to 15 miles a day, so I need somewhere to stay every 10 to 15 miles. And so far I've been able to do so. Sometimes I go 20 if I have to, but I've been able to find somewhere in this range of distances in the direction I need to go every day for three years, 8,200 and something miles of riding. So there you have it. I would like to welcome on one of the wonderful people that I stayed with to tell you a little bit about what it was like to have me as a guest. You've heard my perspective of what it's like to be a guest. What's it like from the other side? Hi, Amy. Hello. How are you? All right. Thanks for talking with me. My Um, pleasure. So when I was riding last year in 2019, just background for everyone listening, I stayed with you when I went through West Virginia, and Mm -hmm. we had been in contact before that. This was a planned stop at least a few days in advance, uh, but ended up being a much longer stop than I normally (laughs) stay with anyone. Can you tell everybody listening where you first heard about what I was doing and why you thought it would be a good idea to have some weirdos come and stay with you? Sure. If I can recall correctly, it was on Facebook where we all get a lot of our news, (laughs) Um, but I saw that you were doing this mission trip across the country, and quite honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't think it could possibly be true that a woman was riding across the United States, all 50 states, alone, on a horse, just a horse. (laughs) I just couldn't wrap my brain around how anybody could be that brave, to be honest with you. I had to meet you. I had to meet this person. It's like you're living my dream. (laughs) Um, Quite honestly, it's challenging for us to go... Uh, ride horses where we live. We we avoid roads, actually. Um, the roads around you were pretty scary. So that's <laughs> exactly, they are. So anyway, yes, I got a hold of you, reached out to you. Uh, some people thought I, I was crazy to invite a stranger. And I said, oh, absolutely not. This person is amazing. I have to meet her. And it it was something I'm glad I did. You you seem to be well grounded, very educated, just absolutely enjoyable to talk to. We actually missed you when you left. <laughs> well, I'm glad you reached out too. It was a wonderful stop and fortunate, especially because you were willing to let me stay an entire week, which was so unusual. We had that giant heat wave going on right mm-hmm. after I got there. It did seem like the planets lined up. It was a a nice place to park at for a while until the heat subsided a little bit. I mean, you took full advantage, too, of all the resources and caught up on your workload and gave Apollo a nice rest. And it just worked out really good. It truly did. I thought it was only going to take me two days to get across the arm of West Virginia, and it took a week. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's okay. It was a good stop. 
One of my favorite memories of that week staying with you was, of course, because I just love everything about horses, was meeting mm-hmm. your Shinkatee ponies, who are just adorable. And <laughs> I've been a fan of Shinkatee ponies since I was little and read Misty of Shinkatee. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But I would be willing to bet that that was not any big deal for you. What would you say if you had to pick something that stood out from that week? Anything you'd like to share? I would have to say I'm a very difficult person at times to get to know. I'm very, I don't know, standoffish, uh, you might say. And I was a bit apprehensive in a way. And yet excited at the same time, you know, invite you into my home. It was really nice to hear not only your perspective about where you were from, but also all the subcultures across the United States that you got to visit and then, and tell us about. That I think, oh, there were so many points that I loved about that week. But that was, I'd have to say that was the best was learning about what you learned about. Another thing I would have to say would be how I was able to also connect with people in the area. And it was really refreshing to see how many people jumped to your cause to help you. They couldn't wait to help you as well. That was refreshing. You helped me connect with several domestic violence organizations. Yeah, that was a big help. A day marathon. (laughs) Right. First, First, we started in St. Clairsville. And then we went, uh, well, we had to transport you and Apollo via horse trailer, which I know is not done very often, but yeah. we had to not in order to cross the mighty Ohio. And, then and we to went get to, to the second event in time. Yeah, the YWCA in Wheeling, West Virginia. So that was really nice to make those connections as well and bring awareness to the whole Ohio Valley about your cause and your ride. and. And let people, women and men, know about the resources available within the Ohio Valley. A lot of people yeah. just don't don't even realize where help is available. Absolutely. Plus, it was just fun riding a horse and wheeling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think downtown. too many people have ever seen that. <laughs> At least not in probably 100 years. <laughs> One of my favorite stories about Apollo and how he feels about this whole thing is that day where he went to the event in Ohio and then had all the people and the attention and the standing around and doing the photos and doing an interview with the news. And that was after a few hours of riding and then trailering to wheeling and doing another event with like 20 kids or however many kids were there that wanted to Mm -hmm. pet him and talk to him and then Mm -hmm. doing another interview and then he bit me. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He had had enough. He was exhausted. (laughs) Right. He did so well and he let all the kids love on him as long as they wanted to. But when the kids were done, he was done. Yep. He did his job. He knows his job. And he uh-huh. wanted he he a pasture and turnout. Yep. yep. And he was so happy to go back in the trailer and head over to your place because yep. he could be done for the day. Mm-hmm. He worked very hard that day. <laughs> and then he got to relax for a week. <laughs> yes. He earned that. Oh, and he got the massage, remember? Oh, yeah. That's Two-hour massage. That was a, a record massage. 
<laughs> I was so jealous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was something. It didn't occur to me that anyone could spend that many hours massaging one horse. <laughs> yes, I'm but. sure he told her to relay to you that <laughs> this is how he is to be treated from this point forward. <laughs> right. <laughs> Never yes, mind. That's the bar we, very high. <laughs> we don't get that kind of luxury very often either. Right. Well, that was definitely a fun week, and I'm glad to hear that it's a good memory for you, too. It absolutely is. As a matter of fact, Eden and I talk about it occasionally, and it depends on a lot of things lining up the right way. But we would love to see you when you come to your final uh, town, your final destination, to see you off before you go back to California. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, that should be in Memphis, but I have no idea when that will be. That would be fun if you could come down. Absolutely. Well, anything else you feel like sharing for anyone listening who might be along my future route? Oh, absolutely. I do want to tell them something. If anybody is uh, interested in sponsoring you, they will not regret it. It was a wonderful experience. Oh, you are so delightful. <laughs> so pleasant to be around. But I highly recommend it just to bring you into their part of the country, show you some of the things that only a local could show you. Mm-hmm. And I'm regretting not showing you pepperoni rolls. I can't believe I didn't show you pepperoni rolls. <laughs> West Virginia only made them famous. Hardly anybody even outside of West Virginia has heard of them, but anyway, originated well, in you, the coal mines. You did introduce me to Pittsburgh salad. Mm-hmm. With the yes. French fries on the salad, which I'd never heard of. You know, I can't believe more people don't do that across the states, but apparently it's just something around here. But yeah, we love French fries on steak and chicken salad. Yeah, that's a great idea. More people should do that. Absolutely. So I highly encourage people to reach out to you and offer you a spare room, rest your head. If you have an extra stall or field for Apollo, that's great too, of course. They won't regret it. Well, thank you. I hope that encourages people because finding places to stay is definitely my biggest challenge. So, you know, it's a, no, you I think it's a scary thing for some people to invite a perfect stranger into their home, especially one who's doing something weird. And I am one that worries about everything, and I'm super cautious about anything. And so this is well outside of my comfort zone, but mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> On that whole week that you stayed with me because of the weather, You were very wonderful to have around, went to work with me, had your own office, caught up on your own work, went to the college, took advantage of the resources there to connect. You connected with your online services and caught up on everything. So it was really nice. I'm sure you don't get that opportunity in the saddle too often (laughs) to catch up on stuff. So that's another plus for anybody out there if they can offer you you know, Wi-Fi service also so you can connect with doing your own work, writing your book and the things you need to do as well. Yes, that's the least that people, we can do for you 
considering what you are providing for us, a venue to make people aware of the services in their own local region. Yeah, well, I definitely appreciate you doing that and for taking the time to tell everybody about what it was like having Apollo and I stay with you. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Have Horse Will Travel. I post a new episode every week, so keep listening. And you can check out my website, www.centaurride.org, C-E-N-T-A-U-R-I-D-E dot O-R-G. There are links in the podcast description and show notes on my website, including links to the How to Be a Hosting Helper page that I talked about at the beginning of this episode. So check those out. Keep listening. Until next time, bye-bye.